Welcome and welcome back to Leaders in Conversation with me, Annie Townend, the podcast that helps you to grow your confidence and courage as a leader. I created this series of candid conversations for leaders to share their inspirational leadership stories, weaving together the threads of their life. We delve into what they really care about, their values and beliefs, their passion and purpose, and how they live these through their leadership every day in all that they do. Each leader offers valuable insights and rich experience to help and inspire you on your own unique leadership journey. If you're not already subscribed, please do to the podcast review and share it. Thank you. In this episode, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Aisha Murray, founder of Aisha Murray Coaching and a podcast host herself of the brilliant The Parent Equation. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you so much, Annie. It's lovely to be here. Lovely for you to be here with me. And I'm really looking forward to delving into how it is vital to become the leader of you when you decide to run your own business, which I know you did. Why it's so important to help women in leadership manage imposter syndrome. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Mm -hmm. The challenges and conflicts for working parents between wanting a career and being present for their family. I'd love to start, Aisha, by asking you about you, about who you are, your values and beliefs, passion and purpose, and in particular, who are the people, the places and experiences that have shaped you and made you who you are today? It's a big, deep question. Um, I think the term leader of you is so important there, actually, I think for many, many years, probably only until I was at least 40, maybe I wasn't really the leader of me. Um, and as many of us are, swept along with life and career and family, not really understanding why we're doing certain things or thinking certain way. I fell into my career, as many people do. So I fell into marketing after university. It's a very kind of traditional career path. And it was only when I realised 23 years later, <laughs> so quite a long, a long journey, that perhaps I wasn't in the right place. And there were plenty of positive, but I think I just felt that something inside of me was realising that I wasn't where I should be. And my children, who were then young-ish, were the catalyst for that change of thinking. And I suddenly realised, seeing life through their eyes... So having a very different perspective on priorities and values as a family weren't aligned anymore to my career. And that was my first sort of thought process, which is in fact is when I met you several years ago, thinking about coaching. And becoming a coach gave me that self-awareness. So it gave me that really heightened sense of what do I need in a selfish way for good. So actually I need to think about myself I need to think what I'm contributing to this family and, and this world. What are my values, actually? Because I think I've forgotten what they were. So that realignment exercise is really important for me. Um, and it made me realise, actually, or consider a lot more my upbringing, which actually now I've realised entirely was so colourful and interesting and culture-rich. I come from a very mixed heritage so my dad is half Sri Lankan, half Welsh. Um, and my mum is half Indian, half English and a bit of Scottish. So I'm sort of half and half. And we used to go to India every year 
for the whole summer holidays. Um, but we lived in England, so we had a real rich culture growing up. And I think, again, I don't think I appreciated actually how that has shaped me as a person and my love of traveling and my love of exploring new things and new ideas. I think it's all come from that, but it took quite a long time for me to, to realize that's where it came from. What were the values that your very mixed heritage gave you that you have embraced and incorporated into your own family and hope for your children as well to embrace and live through their behaviours? So I think one of the main ones is inclusivity. The ability and the desire to to meet, connect, learn from different people, cultures. It doesn't have to be extreme. I mean, for me, it, it was in the sense I got to go to India every year and, you know, a completely different culture to the one at home in England. But just on a daily basis, everybody in our lives and our workplace have different perspectives, different cultural backgrounds, different ways of doing things, different values. So I think the ability and the desire to want to find out about those people and want to find out what they can teach me and what I can teach them. I think that was really, really important. And my children definitely have taken that on. And they're very proud of their heritage. I mean, they're just now a quarter. I did marry an English person. So they're now a quarter Indian, not Sri Lankan mixed. But it's still there. It's still important to them to notice that's part of their heritage. And we talk about it a lot. And we talk about, you know, Indian cultures and holidays and things like that. So I think inclusivity and the desire to connect with people on very Mm. different levels is very important. Um, And I think... The other one, from my children's point of view, is the exploration and curiosity, I suppose. So my love of travelling definitely came from my childhood and having the luxury of being taken to not just India, but on the way to India, we always used to go somewhere else. I think that was our kind of, I know you have to go to India again. (laughs) and go to Thailand on the way kind of thing. So it was, we always ended up as a family exploring beyond India which is amazing Mm. because it gave us a reason. You know, we had to go to India anyway. So why not then to tack on something else? I had no idea how lucky I was to be seeing all those parts of the world. Um, But now I really, really appreciate it. Mm. And I do want to do more of that with the kids. But I certainly would love my kids Mm. to have that opportunity as well. But I think from a mindset point of view, exploring and wanting to find out about, again, linked back to the culture thing, but being curious about what's Mm. out there beyond our little bubble. Yeah, I really resonate with that, of wanting to go beyond and to learn more about people and places. What I've taken from what you've said is that it gave you this spirit of adventure and Mm. of curiosity and really wanting to learn about people and places and wanting that for your Mm. children as well. Mm, Absolutely. Probably part of the reason that I left my career, it's not a a negative thing about marketing or about being in a corporate career at all. It's about how you shape that for yourself. And I think I didn't shape my career into something that felt very adventurous. So I created a kind of, you know, hamster wheel effect. I could have done something differently. I know I could have done, but I didn't. So I did feel like I wasn't being adventurous enough in life because my career was the same for 23 years and I felt like I was on that same path, Mm. well-trodden path every day. Um, So I think it's how can we be more adventurous if that's a value that's important to us. 
mm. within the constraints we have because we can't always leap on a plane you know? exactly be lovely but that's not possible especially yeah. with kids small kids so how can we create that sense of adventure mm. even in the life that we have you know in one city with schools with work etc how can we bring that into the equation i think about each day being an adventure and i was inspired to think of that from reading a book about somebody who prior to having children he had very much been an adventurer and one of the things that i remember about his journey was that he had traveled from one side of india to the other side of india following the rivers which is a huge adventure and then when he had a family he wrote about this in his book that that wasn't possible anymore to go on these big adventures so instead he decided to think of each day mm. as a mini adventure to embrace each day as a mini adventure and that really inspired me to think each day mm. is an opportunity to have an adventure which yeah. i really like yeah and it's, it's just it opens up so many opportunities to think like that it just gives you that mm. again that mindset of anything is possible you know, what could today bring mm. in a really positive way rather than, oh, here we go again, sort of mentality, yes. flipping that on its head. And you went on a big adventure setting up your own business in coaching mm. and through that finding the leader that is you. Mm. Tell me a bit more about that adventure the adventure of setting up your own business and you know the experience of becoming the leader of you mm. in that i suppose the first part of the adventure is the realization and the confidence that i wanted to do something different differently both of those things so the, the adventure started just with the thought process of actually what Again, what could I do? What's that? What's the opportunity? What if I do something completely different? What if? Um, and it was that feeling of excitement that something great could happen that triggered the thought about changing career. At that point, I didn't necessarily know it was coaching. Um, and then I think it was knowing that something had to change. And I really wanted something to change. I then went through actually a very structured, maybe slightly non-adventurous <laughs> process which I think was a good thing. So doing all the due, you know, due diligence, the research, talking to great coaches like you to find out, you know, what is this thing that I think I could do? Is it realistic? Will it work for me? Does it align to my values? Will it pay the bills? All of the questions that on the surface potentially are quite mundane, but they're important questions to answer, um, especially again with a family. So the risk analysis had to come into that quite early on. But I think all of that... I was doing that by myself, you know, all of that research, all of those conversations were driven by me um, and the expectations was all driven by me. So the leader of me started in that process before I actually even made the change itself. So just the way I was thinking was different. Um, I think many people jump into their businesses really excited, gung-ho, let's go for it, let's do it. I've decided it's the right thing to do. So leapt into my business, left marketing behind, I didn't sort of run two in parallel. Um, started the business and then I had a really rude shock <laughs> when I realised 
that you don't translate a 23-year marketing career into a immediately successful coaching business. And that was naivety, definitely. That was just over-exuberance and excitement, which is right and should have been there. Um, but coupled with naivety of actually running a business is really difficult, especially when it's just you. Um, but again, it depends where you then go with that feeling of shock and terror um, and self-belief. And I had the self-belief. I thought, I'm doing this for a reason. I know why I'm doing this. And it's that again, that question of why am I changing? What do I really want from this? Um, and I just kept going. I kept going, kept going, kept going and learning all kinds of new things along the way from accounting to marketing myself, which is different to marketing a product, to relationship building, to, you know, all these different things which we have to learn as business owners. And again, it's all leadership skills and all qualities of, you know, being a great leader. Um, I suppose I had to just be accepting that it was the leader of me and it didn't matter if I didn't have a team I was leading my business I was leading myself um, and also it's really important I was leading from a role modeling perspective for the children and especially my oldest who saw me understood that I was a quite burnt out quite angry mum when I left marketing um, and she was old enough to know that and to see that because she was often at the not so nice end of that at the end of the day. And she saw the decision I took to make life better for me, my mental well-being and for them. And she sees now, this is maybe three years on now actually from that, and she is now almost a teenager, so she's really aware. She sees now that I run my own business, that she can Google my name and I come up, which is very exciting apparently. Um, she tells her friends that I run a business. She tells her friends that I've got a podcast. She's really proud of me. And I know she's proud of me. And I think she wasn't proud of me when I was in my corporate career. And quite rightly, she shouldn't have been proud of my behaviours then. Um, so that's why I keep going. That's why I just keep going and keep improving and developing mm. because I can see the benefit it has as a really positive role model for my two girls. It came to me as you were speaking about not only being a role model for your girls, but also something which someone shared with me, the three Ps of setting up your own business, which is patience, practice and perseverance. Mm. And you have all three of those, but you also have the encouragement of your girls and particularly your older daughter, mm. the way in which she is clearly very proud of you mm. googling your name and sharing with her friends that you have a podcast and that you have your own business so as you say being a role model for her but also for her friends mm. and for other women in particular and I know something which you speak about is imposter syndrome which mm. a lot of people reference uh, what does it mean for you and have you encountered imposter syndrome where perhaps you've compared yourself to others and how have you used that for positive advantage rather mm. than negative so I think imposter syndrome is very very real I think almost everybody that I speak to and certainly for for me so I suffer from imposter syndrome every single day and I think and it's fine I think that's what I've come to to conclude is it's fine and I think if comparison 
can be the thief of joy, as the quote says. But I think comparison for the right reasons can actually be a real force for good because there is always going to be someone who is an assumption of doing things better than you or doing things differently or have more followers or earn more money or whatever it is. But actually, if you can take inspiration from those people, so when I look at the coaching world, for example, Instagram um, is full of coaches and it's full of coaches seemingly, important word, seemingly nailing their business. Millions of clients, you know, six-figure salaries, all these sort of things. And if you allow yourself to get sucked into that narrative, it can be really, really damaging because we have no idea what's actually going on behind closed doors for any of these people. Um, And it is a veneer and a lot of us are faking it till we make it. So if you believe in what you're seeing and take it just take it for granted, it's going to end up with negativity, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, self-belief just being knocked. So there's a way of a conscious decision that needs to be made with where do you hang out in inspiring places where you're learning and developing from other people and not comparing? And where do you stay away from? Because you can feel those comparison triggers appearing. And for me, Instagram is a comparison trigger. I look at people's images and their, you know, bios and what they're writing. And I immediately think, why haven't I done that? Should I be, you know, running a masterclass every week? Should I be doing speeches and all this sort of thing? And so that's my conscious decision is to stay away from that. And I stay within LinkedIn, but I also have a very, very solid network of fellow coaches, of business owners who are really unbiased, supportive, genuine, loving people. And I know that if I go to those groups or those networks, whether in person or virtually, I know I'll feel uplifted. I know I'll feel supported. I know I'll feel valued. And I know that I can give value back to those groups of people. Whereas if I go to certain other places, I just feel like I am being judged. So I think the imposter syndrome is absolutely real. And the first step is just to acknowledge it and say, yes, this is going to happen. And that's absolutely fine. But then how do I manage it for me? And where do I put myself that gives me the best chance of success and inspiration and support? And where do I decide that's not the right place for me? It's about making a conscious choice, that noticing in the first instance, isn't it? About Mm. what supports and nourishes you and then looking to grow that rather than going where you know, again, with self-awareness, that that's not going to help Mm. you to feel like you are the leader of you. I like what you said very much about where comparison can be positive, where Mm. we might look to learn from somebody Mm. because they do something that we want to know more about Mm. and we bring that curiosity and choosing to go with that and having a support network which you do a community of other business owners and coaches who you give value to and Mm. who value you and don't judge you and where you can go I think is so so important because being on one's own in business can be very lonely mm. and, and it can be lonely in an organisation yeah. as well. So surrounding or 
being part of a group of people uh, who challenge you and support you, mm. I think is really, really important. Mm. One of the ways that you've done that, Aisha, is through your wonderful podcast, <laughs> The Parent Equation, which is a real joy to listen to. What prompted you to start the podcast? So it was a, a lockdown catalyst so in lockdown number, whichever number it was, we lose track of how many we had now. I think it was the first one. Um, so a couple of years ago, and my business was still fairly new. And then we were thrust into lockdown with homeschooling and all the other, everything else that's going on for everybody. So I was feeling isolated anyway with a new business and fearful of what this new business was going to be or not be. Then we were in lockdown, which obviously created a whole other layer of emotions and stress for everybody. Then I had the kids at home and I just thought, right, I need to keep myself mentally active. Again, I need to be strong for the kids and for the family. We're all here together now. We need to keep buoyant and keep going. How do I do that? And I also thought I really want to keep in touch with other working parents who I know now are struggling in the same way that I am. I want to coach them through my business, but it, we're in a completely different kind of world at the moment and that might not be possible. So how am I also going to get my business running, my brand running at the same time? So with those two hats, I thought, well, conversation, obviously, is great. And just keeping in contact with people through words and through conversations like this, maybe that's the answer. And I love technology. I get a bit sucked into new technology. So I thought, oh, I could do a podcast. I had no idea what it was or how to do it. Um, but again, it gave me a project. It gave me that, what can I learn? You know, here's a new opportunity what can I learn about podcasting, about the technology, about how you do it, about how you publish it, about how you promote it? All of that was really interesting to me anyway, just as a development opportunity. And I get to talk to amazing people all the time, so that would be good. So then, again, something that we all say all the time as coaches is, I just did it. I just thought, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to get my best friend, which I did, Abby, episode number one. And I said, will you be my podcast, please? <laughs> she said, of course I will. So I just recorded it. And just saw, you know, where's it going to go? No expectations, no pressure. And it's been going for two years now. It's unbelievable. And episode 61 went out this week. And I still do it on my own from the bedroom. Edit it myself, promote it myself. And the reason is, I think, is that expectation is so important or how you set expectations for yourself. And my expectations for it are realistic, I'm not trying to be the next celebrity podcaster, you know, number one in the world. I'm not making any money from it intentionally. That's not my strategy for it. My joy comes from talking to those parents, from understanding their journeys, again, back to that sort of discovery and adventure we talked about earlier, is what journey have you been on? Tell me about it, you know, inspire me, inspire my listeners. Um, and I think the key thing is, Someone said to me, people have said to me, I can't be on your podcast because I don't have an inspiring story. I said, that is absolute nonsense. Everybody has an inspiring story. Everybody. So for me, bringing people into a conversation and give them a platform just to share their journey, someone out there will find that inspiring, useful, helpful, valuable. Even just one person who benefits from that, that's all I want. Um, that's what keeps me going. It's a variety, and it's every two weeks, and I'm always having these amazing conversations. 
Um, and I know they get a lot out of it as well, out of the process of just having that platform to talk about themselves and share their stories and knowing that they're adding value to somebody else. Again, it's that two-way, isn't it? How can we add value to people and take value back from them? And that's where that joy comes from for me with the podcast. That's lovely to hear because what gives you joy about doing the parent equation is what gives me joy in setting up this podcast, which is similarly all about helping leaders share their stories. So for many years, as you know, I've worked with leaders, senior leaders and their teams and help them to share their story, their leadership story, whoever they are, wherever they are, about who they are and why they're here and how they live their leadership in their everyday. So like you, I see it as an opportunity, have a conversation with you, hear more about your story and to share your story with a wider audience. And similarly, if just one person Mm -hmm. gleans something which helps them to feel more confident and courageous in their leadership, that makes me really happy Mm -hmm. too. And your title is great because of your podcast, The Parent Equation, because the equation that you're talking about is that one between having a sense of purpose around a career, um, work that you love and want to do at the same time as being really present for your children and being there for the family, which you absolutely epitomize, I'm sure, in your leadership and the choices that you've made Mm. and that your children see you making every day. As we come towards the end of our conversation, what are the three top tips that you would like to give to leaders looking to become the leader of themselves when making a choice to set up their own business or to become their own leader or indeed anyone looking to pursue their passion and their purpose? So the first one would be, and I've mentioned it already, is the comparison or not comparing. So staying in your lane. So just be really confident in why you're doing what you're doing. Believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing and allow yourself to be inspired by other people. Absolutely. And learn from, but try not to get sucked into that comparison. And if you find you are, then move away from it and find somewhere else to spend your time. Um, So that'd be the first one. The second one is about authenticity. And we talked about this at the beginning of the conversation is I didn't really I suppose, understand or appreciate what my values were for quite a long time because I was just in the kind of flow of life and work and family. And it took for that career change catalyst to help me reassess my own values, personal career, all of them. So I think really actually going back to that, if we don't give ourselves time to do and thinking, what's important to me? What am I here to do? What brings me joy? What motivates me? What energises me? What makes me uncomfortable? Which things in my life actually jar with my values and perhaps I need to address or or dial down a bit. So I think just reconnecting with our values, um, which many of us don't haven't done for some time. And the third one is that again, that exploration, adventure, curiosity bit. Um, and I love the phrase the what if sort of exercise about reframing negativity to positivity. So as I said, with a business, I could have said to myself, what if it all fails? What if I'm a terrible coach and I don't make any money? 
But it wasn't that. It was what if this could be the best decision I ever make? What if I, you know, I have a career and a family life that is exactly what I was looking for? What if I add value to people every single day and feel really uplifted and energized by it? So it's the the what if reframing of, of negative language into positive language. Those are my top three. They're wonderful, Aisha. They're fantastic top three tips for everyone listening to put into practice. Thank you so, so much. If uh, you're wanting to go further with becoming the leader of yourself, struggle with imposter syndrome or with being present for your career and your family, do get in touch with Aisha on AishaMurrayCoaching.com and do listen to her brilliant podcast, The Parent Equation. Follow her on LinkedIn where she frequently writes about her own experience of working and parenting. A big thank you to my support team, Taryn Weeks of Sparks Marketing, for helping me with all the marketing of the podcast, to Coco O'Brien for the wonderful intro and outro music, and for the excellent editing and sound production. To contact me, Annie Townend, do email me on annie at annietownend.com. Visit my website, annietownend.com. Subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on LinkedIn. I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you for listening and thank you, Aisha. Thank you.